All right, boys and girls, Eddie and Mike show is about to begin. Let's get it. Today's show, we're going to talk about the Wizards' playoff exit. We're going to talk about their future. We're going to talk about their roster. We're going to talk. Yes, it's true. We're going to talk about Scott Brooks. Then we're going to transition to some NBA talk. We're going to talk about the Nets' bucks, talk about the Lakers' exit. Then uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit, go down, talk about the Washington football team. That's right. We're talking about them a little later in the show. Usually we started off, switched it up on you. Um, definitely got a lot to talk about there. And, I mean, it's it, mini camp's just getting started, so definitely some spicy stuff there. And then, unfortunately, there's terrible weather. Like, the Nats are getting postponed and delayed left and right. But they did start hitting and start winning, Mike. They did that. What's good, brother? What's up, man? I'm just living life, working, chilling, ready to talk about sports and the Wizards. Uh, we started the show initially thinking that we'll be talking about what happened in the playoffs and whatnot, but early this morning, Quentin Mayo put out an article saying that Scott Brooks is probably coming back and that there's will be changes on the coaching staff and um, not the head coach. Then later God, on, no. <laughs> no, God, God, no. There's a glimmer of hope, and I hope this would happen. But later on, um, the Wizards put out a statement saying that, basically saying that no decision has been made on them. So maybe we'll have a wash, like kind of a Washington football situation when, um, remember when uh, it was rumored that Jim Foster was about to become the head coach of the Redskins, and then out of nowhere it was like, no, it's not happening anymore. And then we ended up with Jim Zorn, which was a completely different story. But Maybe. the same thing, the same thing, I hope the same thing happens where they tried to float something out there like, oh, Scott Brooks is coming back. And in reality, he's not. But if they do bring that Bama back, what more can I say? Like, he, he performed less than Randy Whitman did when he was here. And we wanted to get rid of him. And then... Like everybody says, what's up with what's up with Leonces getting rid of the Stanley Cup winning coach by keeping this bum? Like paying him way more money, paying way more money for Brooks. Like went open up, open up the money for um. Why do I keep forgetting this name? Who was it? Oh, Trots, Barry Trots. Trots. I'm okay, sorry, because I, I was thinking with you, but I was like, we're thinking NBA coaches, so I kept thinking NBA. No, yeah, Barry um, Trots. Trots. Who, I keep uh, on saying Brujo because I have a picture of Brujo instead of Prime Trots. But anyway. They, they do look a little bit similar. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just it, – at first it frustrates me, though, that he just can't get it right with coaches, it seems like. And the one time he did get it right, he wouldn't open up his pockets, but – so thirsty to keep Scott Brooks, and I just don't understand why. Yeah, so you're saying there's a chance that Scott Brooks might actually be gone. Small. Sam Cassell, please, Sam Cassell, bring us <laughs> Sam Cassell. Um, yeah, look, I don't even know where to begin because you got you got to kind of think that these guys are, you know, they got some some contacts, some um, uh, uh, sources that, uh, you know, anonymous, if you will, right? You, you got to feel like they know a little something if they're saying that, right? So that's the real bummer. And but Quentin hey, Mayo is not like some dude that will just tweet out some BS without it being resourced. Like I said, it wasn't just a tweet. It was a whole freaking article. So, like, yeah. I, I never discredited the source. But I'm, like I well, said, yeah, I'm just hoping – that, that's exactly what I'm saying is that when you hear that, that that's sort of why the reaction, right? Mm -hmm. It's you're like, man, it's, it probably is true, right? It's like, come on. Like, like, this shouldn't be a tough decision. You know, like there, there are people out there like, again, let's give my guy Sam Cassell a chance. Let's, let's give Chauncey Billups a chance on the same staff, I believe. Both, either one. I'm, I'm down. Let's do that. Let's go out and, like, let's do something. Let's be aggressive. And you mentioned Barry Trotz. Pretty sure the Islanders just beat 
the Bruins. If I'm not mistaken, they're going to the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals, I think. Let me try to look this up. Stanley Cup semifinals. <laughs> so that's the Eastern Conference Finals. So there's Trotz. Like, he could still be with the Caps, but we're talking basketball. So... No, it, 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 it like, relates because it's, it's all about Leonces and Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no, no. Like that, that's where I'm going. Less with that Stanley Cup. Well, well, that's where I'm going. And thank you for speeding me up, Mike, because I do need that. I'm sorry, fans. Anybody who's listening to us is what it is. So, Brooks, you know, takes us. You can't see it. I'm doing the rabbit ear air quotations. <laughs> Brooks takes us to the playoffs. And essentially, is like we kind of talked about on past shows, that probably – saved his job but it wasn't brooks it was his assistants that are now going to be thrown under the bus i mean like we haven't seen that before and by the way i I mentioned this before if you go to a game look at the whole area where the players sit Uh there's like nine times more coaches than players i realize some of those people are like trainers and nutritionists and and strength and conditioning i get that but that should that's still that's only like four or five people right? You're telling me that you need like 20 coaches? Good God. And none of them like can watch some film to tell Scott Brooks nothing? <laughs> and so, that's the thing. Anyway, they probably do tell him something, but he don't yeah, listen. Anyway, the whole thing was on the backs of the players. It was guys like Westbrook and guys like Beal playing through uh, injuries and all kinds of pain. It was guys like Neto and Matthews who were stepping up every turn. It's guys like Gafford who came in and made a huge impact. It was a very, I, I do think that there's some credit due. I don't know if it's uh, Tommy Shepard or who it is. There's some credit for that trade because Gafford did definitely come in and make an impact. He definitely like was kind mm-hmm. of, he wasn't the missing link, but he wasn't not the missing link. <laughs> so, well, I mean, look, I don't want to get carried away. You know what I mean? Because we did get bounced in the first round. So like as important and isn't much impact he had like again what well, is what it is so as i was saying you know brooks it looks like he might get a second chance which is a major bummer i think really especially since leonsis likes to do this go with the uh, a first year coach take a chance right and you don't have to pay him as much because that's i, I don't have any other way to say it because that's what he's done with the Caps. Seems to be a bit of a cheapskate in that regard. I'm sorry. Like, what else, how else can you look at it? Every coach that Ted Leones has hired for the Caps was either, like, their first year as a head coach or they were still a relatively new head coach with little experience. So, therefore, they didn't command a salary that Barry Trotz did. And I think for Trotz, it wasn't even about money, but was sort of, like, the way it was handled and the respect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and hopefully that doesn't mean we're cursed now. So, yeah, but um, so let's start. Let's, let's let's move it on because we could talk all day about how much we want Scott Brooks gone and how it's unfair that he might get a second chance because of this. Let's talk about the the Wizards roster. Um, it was being floated around that we might potentially trade Westbrook to the Lakers. You he think, is from L.A. You think so? I mean, I I just I I saw it proposed out there on the intranet social media but you know i mean take it with a grain of salt can't believe everything you read i I don't guy i don't they i'm sorry i just lebron and westbrook won't play well together i'm not even saying his attitude or whatever like they know westbrook needs the ball just as much as lebron that would be horrible I don't even I think agree. the Lakers will even explore that. I don't even know where that rumor came from. Yeah, they they would actually probably prefer Beal to Westbrook if they were going to trade or right. make an attempted trade for anything. But I'm fingers crossed that Beal stays. It kind of seems like it for the time being, per his contract and things like that. But man, yeah, I I, I wouldn't blame him if he left, but I'd still would be kind of upset if he left. If that makes sense. So I, right so now I don't want him to I don't want him to leave anymore because I'm like what's the point <laughs> whoever we bring in as long as Brooks coaching it won't matter too much yeah well so who uh, who on the team you think we should maybe part ways with got any anybody in particular on your mind you think I like, wish we can part ways with um, Bertans but. That contract is huge. 
is we we just gonna have a running back. The good news is you got some Bama's coming back like Thomas Bryan and um Yeah, I feel like our big man situation is gonna be a little bit tough to manage because I, I like the way a lot of them played. I thought Alex Lynn was so Yeah, that's the one that won't be back. He'll be the odd man out. Alex, Alex Lynn? Lynn? Yeah, I think he'll be wow. the odd man out. I think Lopez, next year your um, five would be Lopez, Braff, um, Gafford, and um, Thomas Bryant starting. Okay. So Lynn is the odd man out. Yep. Thomas Bryant's just – Right back in there because I'm not saying he played bad, but he like he, wasn't he was cooking to start the year, hitting threes and everything. <laughs> he uh, he um he he he'll be he'll be a nice piece, but like I said, um I've been dealing with this for five years. <laughs> um, even thinking, going back to the playoff series, with the way it was just managed from a coach's perspective. Like, you got people on Twitter laughing at Scott Brooks. Like, non-Wizards fans, non-Wizards people, team that don't follow the – people that don't follow the team usually laughing at us. Like, laughing at Brooks, laughing at the team. And I'm like – I'm like, thank goodness it's almost Mm -hmm. over. And now they're going to try to bring the Bama back. I don't get it. Well, let's just um, let us pray. So, uh, but as far as the rest of the playoff goes, last night the Bucks and Nets they kind of put on a old school type game last night. Sure. <laughs> um, I forgot what the final score was, but it it the ending did feel like a typical '90s NBA basketball game, where um, for most of the game teams were struggling to hit shots. Um, at one point, the Nets were losing by 19 at the end of the first quarter. And, yeah, so, you know, basketball is a game of runs, so you figure the Nets may claw back in it, but they actually started to win. And um, at the end of the game, I got to give them their props. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, they, they cooked at the end of the game. Holiday had a vicious bucket to go um, to tie the game up after KD hit a um, game tie-in three-pointer. No, they went up by three, I think. And um, then Holiday and Middleton went to work. Middleton hit a um, game-winning shot. (laughs) Did you you see the end of the game last night? I did not. Uh, Long work week caught up with me. Check this out. Passed out. Brown... (laughs) Uh, Brown for the Nets, like they inbounded the ball. Somehow he gets involved in the inbound play with Kyrie. He almost pushes Kyrie out of bounds, and Brooklyn never gets a chance to get the final shot off, but Kyrie saved it. Um, Passes to KD. I don't know if it was KD or Harris. He passes to somebody, and they pass it to Brown. The hole was open, and he drove to the um, basket. The only problem is, is that it was him. <laughs> it was him. He tried to do that uh, floater. He's been, he does it, and he hits it a lot. But he wasn't hitting it last night, and he decided to do that with the game on the line with KD and Kyrie at the top of the key with, like, 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And it was it was awful, just awful. But Milwaukee needed to win that game because if they went down 0-3, with that game, with that type of game, with KD, with KD being off for most of the game and Brooklyn as a team being off, Milwaukee had to lose that because psychologically they weren't going to bounce back from that. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, you definitely hit the nail right on the head. Very late 80s, 90s-ish type of basketball game. Wasn't overly physical, but it, they definitely were letting them play and letting the Bucks kind of – it was it, – it was favoring the Bucks. I'm I'm not trying to say the refs gave them the game, but there were times where they kind of let the Bucks get a little bit physical. And I think the Nets, who are used to just running up and down the court scoring on people, I think it caught them off guard just a bit. And there was one or two times a call wasn't made and they thought it should have been. And I think that just sort of set the tone for the rest of the night. But, yeah, you got to tip your hat to uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton combining for 68 points. Um, yeah, that's big time, but where I'm really looking at it, and this is part eye test and part as I'm just looking at some numbers right now, 
it looks like the Bucks just beat the brakes off them on the boards because I'm looking at at uh, you know Durant had 11 and your boy Brown, the aforementioned Brown, had 11. But then if we go down here to the Bucks, you got Giannis with 14, Middleton with 15. You got one of your guards. Well, and he's small forward, but still, I've, I view Middleton as a little bit more of a guard. But him rebounding that much, and then Lopez with 11, like that just looks like they're beating up the uh, the Nets on the rebounds. That's what I see. So yeah, kudos, kudos to the Bucks. Who knows? Maybe they can go to Brooklyn and steal one. Never know. I think uh, everybody's kind of waiting to see, you know, maybe if Harden will come back. I think be in Brooklyn's best interest, just keep them out. But, right. uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, tough game. Only, they only lost by three. So I'm, I'm sure Brooklyn's fine because in their mind, they're like, we had the chance to win just a little bit of a goof chance to actually improve as a team sucks that you had to lose to kind of learn the lesson, but you know, it'd be like that, you know, Speak- they still had good production and your boy, you know, who I think is a little bit of an unsung hero for Brooklyn. Cause Brown is getting all that attention. Like you were talking about earlier. He's like mm-hmm. kind of on, but Blake Griffin is kind of really <laughs> getting after it. Like he's shooting threes, he's dunking. Mm-hmm. And I told y'all this would happen that magically all of a sudden, that energy, that that the hop, the bunnies, they would come back. Jesus, he would come down Giannis. and bless the boy one time. He dunked on Giannis. Oh, he did. Like a legit dunk on him. Ba, you were going to say something. Good. Nah, I I was just saying um, the other series in the East, the Philly Atlanta series. Um. I feel like that's still a toss-up. Game three is tonight, I believe, and it can go either way for real. Now, that one actually and, – and here's what, here's what I'm going to say. It seems like there's a little bit of some chippiness kind of brewing. Mm. You know, like I, I feel like a lot of people don't like Trey Young. And, and in a way, I can get it. He's kind of a little kid. And I don't, I'm not disrespecting him. All right, Trey, if you ever hear this, thanks for listening. One, two, I'm not disrespecting you. I'm just saying, I think he's like, what, a buck 60, a buck 90? He's, he's small, and he's out there running around just crossing fools up, hitting the jumper from like the that from half court where, where the, the, the team's logo is. So, yeah, people aren't going to like that. They're like, who is this little kid running around here? Yeah, 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 wet, right? And then he's – He's starting to kind of get into it with the crowd, which I like. If I was as good as Trey Young and people spit on me or wanted to talk trash about me losing some hair or, or whatever <laughs> you're saying, I would be like, if I wet a three, I'd turn to the crowd and I would just, I'd be going right back at him. So good for Trey. But anyway, I bring that up because I feel like that's creating a real kind of rivalry here because both teams, for the most part, are built on young talent. And, um, if I can just speak on the Hawks, I, Trey Young is nice, but a real key to that team you watch if if he if he gets hurt or gets in foul trouble and they have to take him out, that's going to be the real reason that the Sixers can stay in the game. John Collins, that I, I don't know why I didn't pay much attention to him in college, and I was like, yo, who's this dude that's getting drafted so high? I can't I can't remember where he went, but I know he went relatively high in the draft. That dude can ball. Cause he's, he's kind of, he's not quite as big as like a Durant or an Embiid obviously, but he's a, he's big, but with like guard athletic type skills, you know what I mean? He, he's not just like going to be down there in the post. He can, you know, he bought shots too, but he can hit threes. He can dribble pass, take you off the dribble, go to the hole, whatever. So John Collins is definitely nice, but um, you know what gets me? and I know it's the playoffs and everybody wants to like kind of stick to what got you there. And, and I understand, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, bro. I ain't seen Ben Simmons even like try to come close to, to doing a jumper. Like, why not? I, I feel like I know he's not good. Look, I, I, I know everybody's thinking like, why would he, have you seen him shoot? No. Yeah, I have. I understand the whole deal where he can't shoot, but at least like, dribble a couple steps in and go to the free throw line and, and, and try a jumper. Like, why not? Especially the first couple games you were losing so bad. So I feel like if Giannis has the bravery to shoot jumpers, yeah, that Ben Simmons should do the same too. Even 
if he's not hitting them. I, I doubt Giannis took eight threes last night. Giannis took hit, eight like, two? threes. One. He hit one. Ben Simmons, bro, mate, get out there and bloody shoot the ball, I Chill, man. <laughs> no. But it would be – it would benefit him if he like, – I'm looking at his um, stats on pro reference and with nicknames. They got the Yank as one of his names. The Yanker. The Yank. What? Simmons. Anyway, um, as far as the West goes, both series are, like, weird, man. Oh, I guess it's because of the four teams that's remaining, but – um, you got the Suns taking on the Nuggets and the Jazz taking on the Clippers. And it seems like the um, Sun, the Suns and Jazz has that series in control. And I'm sorry. Bro, Chris Paul is the best neighbor Hold on, let me ever. do that over again. <gasps> <laughs> it looks like the um, Jazz and Suns, they have that. Ah, I keep messing up. La, 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 la. <clears throat> it looks like Phoenix and Utah, they have this, those series in control. And, yeah, I think I think both of them will move on and put together a, a very interesting WCF, which is abbreviation for West Conference Finals. Like a good neighbor, Chris Paul is there. I, I Same with, with Blake Griffin. The difference is I don't – you know, I don't blame Chris Paul. He's been traded all around. But, man, he hit – like, this is the Brady effect almost. Difference is Chris Paul ain't got a ring. Brady's got all them rings. But Chris Paul has them boys balling. And, you know, I pay attention to stats. And don't get me wrong, Booker's playing really well. But there's a lot of times where Booker isn't – he's not balling, like, out of control like you think he is. He has those big games from time to time. But a lot of times it's in the, like – 18 to 20 point range which is good but that's not like him carrying the team right that's what people tend to think Chris Paul has it spread has everybody just making shots doing their job they come ready to play and I mean I gotta give him a lot of that credit man he's he to me and I don't mean this in a bad way like Kyrie Irving's uh, uh, alter ego or a character, Uncle Drew. Like, I feel like that's kind of like – that's kind of Chris Paul. Just he's not, you know, stereotypically old. You know, like like it's a joke. But I, I'm not lying. He had a pass the other night where he kind of – he comes up the court and is dribbling through his legs a little bit, and he dribbles with his right hand through his leg to his left and kind of heads to his left, looks on the perimeter, and then – no look passes right down the center, dude. Wide open catch dunk. I think it was Sackick, if I say his name right. I mean, there's so many players, especially <laughs> you got a hard to pronounce name. But man, Paul set him up so nice. And I'm looking at the numbers. He's double digits assist every game, and not just like double digits. Like I think one game was 11, but then I'm seeing like 15. The next game, 20 points. Like, bro, Chris Paul is balling. All right, and as far as Booker goes, that Bama, he's just a hired gun. Like, at any moment, he could snap. <laughs> like, oh, no, I totally just... agree. I only brought up his numbers being um, deceivingly low, I guess you could say. Because they don't, you... they don't carry the team, like you said. Like, he's just exactly. a hired gun. Like, he's going to go out and shoot. But um, Chris Paul is like the general, and yep. they needed somebody like that. And I'm kind of shocked that Monty Williams didn't win coach of the year. Um, I forgot who. Oh, it went to um, Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Yeah, he won coach of the year. Um, I mean, I get it, but. Yeah, I'm just saying. I I mean. I mean, the Knicks hadn't made the playoffs in, like, ever. I feel like it's only because it was the Knicks that he won the um, award. Probably a lot of East Coast writers. East Coast bias. The Clippers, though, man. I don't give it. Like, they should be giving Utah the business, but it's been vice versa. And I'm not even saying it's because Utah a bad team. I would expect the Clippers to give it to pretty much any team with um, Kawhi and Paul George and the other players that they have. But for some reason, they just can't get it together. 
where in the world is playoff P that's, that's going to be the new game. You know, growing up, there's this, for those of you around my age, there's this old computer game. Most people remember the Oregon trail dope game, but there's also a game called where in the world is Carmen San Diego. We're going to go ahead and she's good. She, she can, you know, all the jewels and stuff she stole. It's cool. Carmen playoff P is going to take her place. And I actually – I like Paul George's game. I think he's a good player. I really do. But, I mean, the numbers don't lie. It's just too many big games where I'm sure the effort's there because he's also a good defensive player. But he just he, – he doesn't make his shots. He's turning the ball over. It just – it's not a good look. And in the meantime, you got guys like Luke Kennard – Right. And the funny thing is like my brother, some of my friends gamble and I like to look at stats and I'll kind of give them some information, try to help them make a better two. Went to look because you can do same game parlays and those kind of things. And you can go to made threes or over unders. You can't even find Luke Kennard in the betting. Like he's not even there, but he was the other night. They actually had the lead before Phoenix came back on him. Or no, not Phoenix, excuse me, Utah. They had the lead. They were making all kinds of threes, and it was mostly Luke Kennard. Like, you can't depend on the guy coming off the bench that I think just got back into the NBA because Luke Kennard was on that uh, one of the last championship Duke teams with um, the guy who's going to be coaching them now. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Shire. Shire. But anyway, you can't depend on Luke Kennard. No disrespect to him. He's a good player. But this needs to be Kawhi and playoff P dominating. Instead, Donovan Mitchell is nah. going to work. Man. Respect. He he um well hey, speaking of him, did you hear what Stephen A. Smith said about Utah and him earlier? No, but please enlighten me because I'm sure this is gonna be good. Good. He I'm said that he said that Donovan Mitchell was the best Utah player ever. The best Utah Jazz player ever. And I'm like, oh, I think it's two people that have a problem with that. Definitely. definitely. And somebody even put up, brought up a third player, and I'm like, oh, that's old school, but I see what you mean. Uh, but the guy that passed, I can't remember his name. Pistol Pete. Oh, no, yeah, wow. How did I miss that one? Right, and obviously the other two that I'm talking about were um, Stockton and Malone. Yep. Like, I honestly, because Malone went to another team, I always gave the edge to Stockton as the best Utah player ever, and I felt like Stockton was the engine of Utah, that Malone wouldn't have been as – great as he was. And you can say the um, same for Stockton, but I think I can prove that Stockton... Chicken in the egg. Yeah, I, I, the egg, but man. I think I can prove that Stockton would have still balled out regardless if he had Malone or not. Um, all-time assist leader, I believe, still. I don't know if he's all-time, but he definitely was... He, he was really high up there. It was, so it was like the him, Mark Jackson, and Magic Johnson are, I believe, the... Th- three that are up there. I can't remember in what order, but I think Stockton might have been still number one. You might be right. But if I'm not mistaken, Carmelone is uh second he's like second all time in points. Yeah. That, that's kind of saying something, man. Like I, I get the whole thing about, you know, because he went to another team. Ooh. And I get where Stephen A is coming from because if you look at Donovan Mitchell at just twenty three years old, and I can't remember the the average, but it's I, I want to say it's in the high twenties possibly the 30s for his playoff mm-hmm. average. He's only 23 years old, and he's already at that point. And no disrespect to the Jazz, but they haven't become a powerhouse until, like, very recently and mostly because of him. So, yeah, I, I think, honestly, I think the Jazz are really good, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers are able to figure it out and come back because you got to remember – Tyron Lou, I, I believe he's a good coach. I know there's a lot of jokes that he'll do exactly the same stuff that Doc Rivers did, so why did they let Doc Rivers go and then keep Tyron Lue or hire him or whatever? Mm-hmm. But Tyron Lue knew how to handle LeBron, and, I mean, I feel like that says something. And they definitely got the talent. You know, they got one of the Morrises. 
Uh, they got some some big men, Kawhi and Paul George. Like that that should be enough. It really should. And especially, what's the cat that's been balling for them lately? Um, Reggie Martin. Bullock, not Bullock. Reggie Jackson for um, the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's yep. Reggie for the, Jackson. Um, Thunder. He had 29 points the last game, 11, 19 uh, field goals. I'm sure he had a number of threes because I'm four for eight for three. Yeah. If you're getting that kind of production out of Reggie Jackson, Kawhi and George, well, Paul George was 27 points. That's not bad, but still, bro, got to like, gotta be there's no concerned. efficiency. There's no flow. Like it's true. just very it's true. A lot. It's that's going on to Kawhi and hope that he can, you know, pull a Toronto is is basically what they're doing. Um, but it's interesting. Both the East and the West are having good series, and that's it for basketball. We honestly went way longer than we expected. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk about Washington football team, and I'm gonna go check the door and get this package real quick. I'll let y'all in a little bit. What's in the box? Welcome back to the Eddie and Mike podcast. And we're going to get into some Washington football team mini camp. And let's just get off the, get this out the way right now. Um, the Montez Sweat vaccine nonsense or whatever like (laughs) let him do him the team has been very well um protected as far as covid goes yes not having the vaccine might make things more intense as far as when it comes to herd um, herd immunity or whatever but like the dude had a heart problem like let him do him he was just probably rushing to get out the press conference and didn't know exactly what he was saying when he was saying it. But, yeah, just just chill out. It's going to be all right. Just relax. And, yeah, that leads – speaking of relax, that leads to the first topic of this um, segment, Taylor Heineke versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what it seems like is hitting towards training camp. And Sauces. Bama's been saying that Heineke was balling out um, from Washington. I mean, not Washington, from the Richmond Times. Uh, Michael Phillips, he said that Heineke's flat out outplayed Fitzpatrick in many camp. What you thinking? Yeah, sauces. Sauces are, uh, are telling us that maybe Heineke – is more than just that one-hit wonder that we were uh, worried that he might be, just to clear the air. Because I was very critical of everybody saying, well, forget it. Let's just let's not worry about quarterback. We got Heineke. Yes and no. Because, again, that was just one game. I said everything about that. So the way Heineke is doing it is the way I want this to happen. If I end up being wrong that it was more than just one game, that's fine. I, I wanted to be wrong. I just wasn't going to crown him for almost a whole game where a team had no film to study on him. Right. But Rivera still wants to keep this an open competition. Maybe he kind of like is worried that Heineke is riding a little bit of a high because let's not forget that Heineke has some prior experience, but he was getting hurt then too. So you want to be real cautious with Heineke because of the injury history, which is understandable, but maybe he feels like because it's new to Fitzpatrick, we want to be fair to him too, even though he's a vet, Harvard grad and all that, you know, super smart, um, does have a really big head too. So maybe his brain is big and smart. I don't just look at that joker next time. And I understand you can say, maybe I got a big head too, whatever. Um, but yeah, He's gotten better every year, and it's a new system. So maybe that's Rivera's, why Rivera's trying to say it's still an open competition. But also, maybe he's just doing it because he doesn't want to let anybody rest mentally, in a sense, so to speak, right? Like, he don't want anybody getting comfortable and complacent. 
but True. it's a fine line because they've also had to like sit Trey. Uh, I was about to call him Trey Young. Uh, that's from basketball. They've had to sit Chase Young out because he's just going so hard. It's like, yo, bro, all right, take a break, take a break. Speaking now, of him, get hurt. These guys don't get hurt. Probably more so. These guys don't get hurt. Um, so yeah, you you want to be cautious. So I like it. I and like speak, it a lot. And speaking of Chase Young, it's good to see him come to mini camp. The shot bound is up. Um, I was complaining because he didn't come to OTAs, and it was overblown. It was ridiculous. It don't matter what he was doing. Somebody said he was recording Family Feud in the Armor Under Armour commercial. Unless he got injured, right? Unless he got injured doing those things, it wouldn't have mattered. And first day back, first two plays just blew up the entire play. So he's back. And as far as the rest of the defense, Eddie Pick, bruh. Yeah. They were flying in them clips. And I know it's minicamp, and I'm trying to tamper my expectations and whatnot, but if you can add. They got a young kid that's already got like three picks when they they go live. Um, Oh, St. Juice? Is it St. Juice has got three picks? That's the one that's been catching interceptions this week. Well, it, it's somebody uh, in the total uh, camp. So, oh, far. or are you talking about McCain? I don't know. Them the only two that's been reported that's been catching interceptions. Oh, okay. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you could add those type of players behind the defensive line, like we were really hurting back there at times. And the more depth you can add to the linebackers and the um, secondary, it just improves the defense that much more, man. And, like, I for one just can't wait. I cannot wait to see this um, Washington football team defense line up. Yeah, definitely uh, exciting when you think of, like, some of the guys we drafted, uh, whether it's defense or offense. But in, in total, when you look at who we drafted and the free agents we brought in, and to talk specifically on the def- defensive side of the ball, there's – so much depth and competition at almost every position now. I still feel like linebacker might be our our, our weakest position, but mm-hmm. I don't view it as being weak, if you will. So I feel like the exciting. linebacker spot got better, sure. but the yeah. secondary got so much more better, and it's like it's crazy how. People were so worried about us losing Darby. I never panicked because I'm like, all right, we lost them. Maybe we can get better. I didn't expect them to load up like this, bro. They brought in William Jackson III. Um, they brought in McCain. Brought in um, the dude from the Lions. And um, drafted St. Juice with their third pick. So, my goodness. And what's refreshing is uh, – so, William Jackson is actually – I believe at least more comfortable or possibly used to playing man coverage. Mm-hmm. And Washington actually was pretty successful playing man coverage. We just didn't play it that often. But I've also seen, you know, Twitter, et cetera, where they're kind of saying that they're going to mix it up more now. That that it was like they went after him because he was good, but it was because he was good in man coverage because that allowed them to sort of open up, you know, the arsenal, so to speak. Because now we go in man, that that allows the the defensive line to pin their ears back and just get after it, right? Instead of us going in a zone and maybe they want to, you know, do some sort of mix up along the line. We're going to. They're going to send the house so much this year, like you're going to have people blitzing from everywhere. Like they're going to. It's going to be times when William Jackson blitz out of nowhere because you had the ability to rotate your defense, so to speak. Where yeah, maybe you have be. you have Fuller in the slot and Jackson beside him, you blitz Fuller. I mean, you blitz Jackson. Fuller picks up the outside. McCain drops down to the um, or I mean, I'm sorry, Curl picks up the slot person. McCain drops the free safety. It's, it's so many possibilities, and you could say the same bad thing on the other side of the ball because you oh, got yeah. Curtis Samuel, Diami Brown being added to the team. That should free up the flexibility to do whatever you want on offense now. And hopefully, um, Bates at tight end, he can step up and come to second tight end. And I was on um, the um, Talking Sports with Manny, 
uh, podcast live a couple of days ago, and one of them mentioned that somebody compared John Bates' skills in college to George Kittle, where he was being used as one way but could be completely different. He has the skill sets to be completely different. So wow. when you mentioned Kittle and the tight end, <sighs> my ears automatically automatically going to perk up. Kittle's like a WWE player, like like I don't know, like the most elite pro wrestler, but like with football skills, if that makes sense. Um, shout out to Manny too. Uh, maybe next time I'll get to join the partay. Anyway, for sure. Yeah, that's that's real. Like, wow, George Kittle, bro. Like, if that's true, dope. But we got to be careful, like, with the comps. Like, I understand. It gives you an idea if you haven't watched film on this guy, how he might look. But we got to keep in mind who they played against and everything. But I'll end it positively saying, in Ron, I trust. So he had to see something. But as we're talking about all this, bro, just like how dope is it that our team is comprised of guys that, for the most part, have been drafted in the last three or four years right? Even some of the, the guys we signed, maybe minus Fitzpatrick, but like Curtis Samuel, he, he's only been in the league, you know, maybe four or five years. He hasn't been in the league that long, right? Most of our team is relatively young, but for the guys who are really young, like a Cam Curl, a Jimmy Moreland, like maybe um, even Terry to a degree, he's in his third year, but you look at, um, what, what's the left tackle out of Texas? Osami or something like that? Osmi? Anyway, you look at all these young guys, and they're going to see everybody competing at every position. They're going to see depth. They're going to know, like, yo, I got to be on it or the mm-hmm. guy behind me is going to get my job, right? So maybe Jimmy Moreland's not starting, but he's going to look at whether it's Kendall Fuller or William Jackson, right? He's going to look at – and then who, who are we starting on the other end there? That's the thing. It could be St. Juice. St. Juice probably? But it'll probably start out. It'll probably start out with Fuller. It'll start, probably start out with Jackson and Fuller on the outside, with Moreland in the yeah. slot. And then as the season goes on, you'll see a bunch of rotation comes out. But I'm just I'm psyched because in the East you got the Cowboys and the Giants that loaded up at wide receiver, but we have the corners to match. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I, I think the Cowboys have an awesome wide receiver core. I so love them. Zeke love Lamb is going to be scary good this year, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and I don't mean to, like, hype up the Cowboys and then kind of not. But then let's go over to the other two teams. And it's not, I'm not sleeping on them. But Kenny Galladay is somewhat injury prone. Um, I'm trying to think of that other – was it Slayton? Is that their other, one of their other receivers, Slayton mm-hmm. and uh, Shepard? Sterling Shepard as well. Yep. And they signed – um, injury prone. Slayton is a little bit unproven to me, so maybe he has a big year this year. Um, so I'm not as worried about the Giants. And then the Eagles, Deshaun Jackson's injury prone. Devontae Smith's a rookie. Uh, I don't even know who else – what are they going with? Some of them super young guys they had when um, Alshon Jeffrey and everybody else was hurt? They bought um, – you know, they still got Ag- – I mean, not Aguilar. Um, um, the TCU wide receiver, Nelson. Boykin? I mean, not Nelson. Um, Boykin? Ah, not Boykin. What's that? Ragnar. Rager? Jalen Rager? Yeah. Okay, bum. yeah, they did draft him recently, but he, he's always hurt. <laughs> he got hurt early. So, I'm not disrespecting the Giants and the Philly Philadelphia Eagles, but I, I'm disrespecting them. And – you know, those three wide receivers in Dallas didn't really do much last year with no quarterback. So, we'll see how that goes. We're here to talk about the Washington football team, so we ain't worried about them, Bamas. All right. And yeah, um, Competition at every spot, bro. It's, it's and, insane. And I guess we could end the show on – I'm not in the show, sorry. And um, in this segment, talking about Washington FedEx field and their turf installation. Um, they're starting to replace the turf this week. Shout out to Ben Standing for uh, reporting it on his article on The Athletic. But they're reporting the turf for the first time since 97, I believe. Dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, and when I say the turf, I mean, like, 
the entire infrastructure, like going deep, 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 deep down to the bare bones of the field where you take it up and it's it's not even dirt. It's just earth. <laughs> like they're removing grass. Huh? Why not grass? No, they are using grass, but they're replacing everything. Because, you know, oh, it's okay. like layers on top of layers of stuff sure, before sure. you get to the grass. So okay. they're replacing everything. They're going with a new type of grass seed. Um, and it's something that we've been complaining about for years as fans. Um, yeah. Other teams are complaining about it. The turf at FedEx Field was some trash. I want to use another word. Yeah. <laughs> some doo-doo. I mean, like, it didn't even – like, it looked bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you could look at it and be like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you didn't even want to play on it. So, I can imagine setting foot on it. But I don't know. I just – I hear people say turf, and I always think of, like, that, like, it almost looks like a tennis court, but it's actually, like, super, like, plastic and flaky and dudes no, – And the, the, um, they're, the sticking with, they're sticking with grass. The seed they're using That's, is grass. Yeah. But um, see, also, too, like – Maybe I'm just being too simplistic about this, but the whole point is is the play. Like you have the players, that's the product because that's what people want to see. Mm-hmm. And in a roundabout, well, not in a roundabout way. In a way, you are putting them at risk by having them play on a field that is subpar, especially when you have such a big sponsor like FedEx, and when your owner has got so much money. Like I just don't. You know, if, if uh, Snyder truly wants to win the way we always say he does when he makes these outrageous deals like he used to back in the day, he just said it was like blind faith or something on his part. Why wouldn't he just be like super sensible about this and make it so we have like one of the best fields? That like to me, it just it it's a no brainer. Like it it doesn't not make sense. And it's funny how Rivera came in and automatically was like, we need to fix this immediately. And got fixed. Hmm. Funny how that works. Good old Saint Ron just dropping blessings and jewels all over the place. Oh man. Well, that's cool that uh that we're getting the field fixed. So that's one more thing to look forward to on top of a good football team. So, you know, it's, it's almost like a like, like a nice piece of toast and whatever spread you want to put on top of it, right? Yeah. Um yeah, man. So, the Nats. The Nats bats kind of a little bit started to come alive. My man Ryan Zimmerman had two home runs the last game they played. Or not the last game they played, but the last game they won. I think they lost the other night to the Rays. But the game before went to extras. And Ryan Zimmerman hit two home runs to help take it to extras. And we won in the 11th inning, ironically, his number. So, Oh, no. Last game we played was that game because it got rained out. My apologies. <laughs> Mike is doing some really cool stuff with his screen right now. You fans at home can't see it, but he's quite the tech wizard. So Whoa. Yep. Getting yeah, big now, it over here. Yes. It's, it's ironic that he clicked and made his head gigantic as we were serenading him with compliments here. Yep. That's that sounds about right. But yeah, big win for the Nats, nine seven. Went to extras. Like I said, Zim, two homers. Uh the thing that it's just consistency, just like almost any other team is having problems. You you got some guys playing well and others that are struggling and then when the struggling guys get better, the other guys have gotten hurt or they've worn out, fell off. So we just got to kind of find our rhythm, and it's going to be impossible to do so with this weather, man. And last night's game got rained out. Um, so I think they are – yeah, they just got one today at 7 o'clock. I don't know why. I was looking at something I thought we were – no, we are playing a doubleheader. It's tomorrow. The doubleheader is tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Make up on Saturday. That's what it is. This The app I'm looking at had it kind of funny. So, yeah, playing the Giants. And that's if this game don't get rained out tonight. Good point. It most My guess would be then a doubleheader, double doubleheader the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Not sure if that'll work. Um, random, but I don't know if you saw this because I know you're not much of a baseball guy. So, it happened twice, once in like some minor league, but once in the pros. 
the other night the Pirates were playing the Dodgers. This guy hits a home run, didn't touch first base. I did hear about this. So they took the home run away, right? But then, and I think this one's almost worse, right? Well, I guess they're both bad. I don't know which one is worse. But this dude jacks one, and then you know, he runs the base and everything, touches every base. Does like uh, – do you remember when Sammy Sosa used to hit a home run, that little sort of like shuffle hop step that he used to kind of do? Yeah. This, he kind of did one of those across home plate. He didn't touch it. So they, they threw the ball, tagged home plate, and he's out. Uh, um, nothing to do with the Nationals, either play. Um, but uh, I just thought it was really random. I just – you don't see that very often. Thank God. I, Jesus, knock on wood. Thank God that has not ever happened to the Nats. <laughs> Thank God. So, yeah, hopefully we get it together tonight. Um, I don't know who we have on the mound because Scherzer was supposed to pitch, but these pitchers in their routines and when they're scheduled, oh, no, it's going to be Scherzer if the weather permits it. So we'll see what's what, man. What you think? What you feeling? Um, I just hope we can climb back into the NL East um, division race because – there's no other way in the playoffs. The wild card, I think, I just feel like it got away from us this year with the success of the other teams in the other divisions. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But as you've seen before, this team could come back like any no other team. So um, Anything's possible. But that's it for today's show, y'all. Um, definitely going to holler at y'all next week. Think we're going to do a little fantasy football talk next week. Um, maybe not watching the football related, but for the entire league. Um, and of course, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs and whatnot. Maybe have a clear situation with Scott Brooks. Um, hopefully, it's not happening, but it looks like it's heading towards that. And um, yeah, we'll have that shot down this next week. Happy summer, everybody. Peter's an